Amen. I do feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart to share with you this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. We will get right to it. Amen. Very familiar story for many of us. Um, this is a story of uh, the prophet Samuel. Samuel is getting ready to go to the house of a man by the name of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. And something very interesting happens. Um, he gets there and none of the sons that he thinks is going to be the king is anointed king. So after this has happened, we pick up the narrative in verse number 11 where Samuel has a question for Jesse. He says, Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him. And this is the portion of the scripture that I want us to pay special attention to this morning. For from here is where we will draw our topic this morning. He said, send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come hither. We will not sit down till he come hither. I would like to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost this morning on this title. You may not be seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you may not be seated. Some of you are like, you better, you better let me be seated. Standing up real long. Amen. We're going to let you be seated in the flesh here in a little bit. But if you really want God to do something in your life, in your spirit, can I tell you it is not time to give up on God? It's not time to throw in the towel. Come on, I know it's been tough. I know it's been hard. But can I tell you, it's time to stand on the promises of God for his promises are in him. Yes and amen. Everything he said he will do, he will do it. Come on, if you believe that one more time, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Give him praise. God bless your people today. Your word's already anointed, but we pray anoint us to hear and to receive your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may not be seated. I'm kidding. You may be seated. Have you ever stopped to consider what life would be like without sitting down? Have you ever just thought about that? Some of you are looking at me really weird, and you're like, no, I have not thought about that. You're weird. I am a little bit strange. But I think about those things, and I thought, man, what would life be like if people never sat down? And so I began to do a little research, and I found some very interesting things about sitting. When we sit, the electrical activity in our muscles drops, leading to a cascade of harmful metabolic effects. Your calorie burning rate immediately plunges to about one per minute, a third of what it would be if you got up and simply walked. Insulin effectiveness drops within a single day, and the risk of developing type 2 diabetes rises. So does the risk of being overweight. And over a lifetime, the unhealthful effects of sitting begin to add up. Alpha Patel, an epidemiologist at the American Cancer Society, tracked the health of 123,000 Americans between 1992 and 2006. 
The men in the study who spent six hours or more per day of their leisure time sitting had an overall death rate that was about 20% higher than the men who sat for three hours or less. The death rate for women who sat for more than six hours a day was about 40% higher. And Patel estimates that on average, people who simply sit too much shave a few years off of their lives. This grave truth that research exposed about the simple act of sitting calls for Dan Cois, a writer, editor, and podcaster from the New York Times Magazine to make a drastic decision that he would not sit down for an entire month. I want you to imagine that. He decided for an entire month, I will not sit down. As a matter of fact, Dan was so religious about this decision that he said, the only time I will sit down is when I'm driving in my car, when I'm laying in my bed to go to sleep, or when I'm sitting down on the throne of glory. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Some of you will get that in a minute. Dan said, the only time I'm going to sit down is when I am driving in my car, laying down to sleep, or sitting on the throne of glory. But after a month, the results of Dan's decision were simply astonishing. At the end of that month, Dan, by simply not sitting down, lost five pounds, gained drastic muscle definition, and cut his wasted time down drastically simply by not sitting down. I feel in my spirit today to liken this story of Dan Coes to many of us tonight in our spirit. We are standing on the cusp of results that we've so desperately hungered for. The revival we've so desperately longed for. And the spiritual depths we've cried out to God for. Yet the enemy, knowing all that God has planned, has convinced us not to give up on God. Not to backslide. Not to commit some grave sin or transgression. But to simply sit down. To simply become lax in our approach to God and the things of God. Go to church, but don't you worship too hard. Go to church and and, and pray, but don't you get too involved in your prayer. Give here a a little and there a little. But when Pastor Darren starts talking about sacrificial giving, just kind of sit that out a little bit. How innocent it seems to just relax, take our leaves and wait. But sitting is not as innocent as it may seem. When we sit, our spirits are at risk to become spiritually overweight. When we sit, the muscles of our faith and belief in God begin to wane away in atrophy. When we sit, our spiritual man is much more at risk to die before seeing the fulfillment of every promise that God has made to us and for us. But when a child of God makes up their mind no matter what happens in my life and in my world I will not sit 
town. Can I tell you, things begin to happen in the spirit. When there's a determination in your heart that says, I'm not going to give up on God. I'm not going to just go through the motions. I'm not going to come in on a Sunday morning, check my religious box and go home. But I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm desperate for a demonstration of the... That's when the spirit of God begins to move in your life. That's when the power of God begins to be poured out in your life. I've come to tell somebody, if you really need something from God, you don't have a right to be seated. You can't just simply go through the motions. But there's got to be something in you that says, I'm expecting for God to move. I'm expecting for the supernatural to happen. I'm expecting for my family to be saved. I'm expecting any time now, they're going to come through those doors. I'm expecting any time now, I'm going to get that x-ray back and my body's going to be healed. I'm going to get that MRI back and my body's going to be healed. The devil doesn't want it. Hell doesn't want it. But I believe in God. It's going to give it to me and I will stand until I see it. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your voice and say, I'm expecting for God to move. And until I see him do it, I'm going to be faithful Come on, I'm going to trust to the Lord with all my heart. And I will not lead to my own understanding. I won't look at what I see. But I'm going to look at what I know. And I know he's still God. And he's still faithful. And he's still on the throne. And if he's still on the throne, my miracle's not done. My family's not done. Oh, somebody praise him in the room. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I've just come with a simple word for somebody in this place to tell you you've come too far to give up now. You've been through too much to give up now. You're Come on. You're about to see the hand of God move in your life. I just kind of want to sit and relax a little bit. We've all been there. I, Lord. I'm not making any plans to leave church. I'm going to come to church because if I don't come to church, Pastor Darren is going to call me. <laughs> Bishop is going to call me if I don't come to church. And, and so I'm going to come to church, but when I come to church, I'm just going to kind of relax and, and chill out and just kind of check my religious box and, and, and do, do all that and then just go home. But God, I, I'm not really going to be engaged. I'm not really going to be emotionally invested in what you're doing because if I get invested, that means I got to get vulnerable. And God, if I get vulnerable, then I, I don't know. I don't know if you're really going to come through like I really want you to come through. And God, I, I've been at places before where I've been vulnerable and it seems as if you're not there with me. But can I tell somebody he is with you. He is for you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. You got to get enough faith in your spirit again to say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to stand. I'm not just going to go through the motions. It's just sitting. It's just sitting. It's not that big of a deal. Here's the thing that I believe. I believe today that in our narrative, the prophet Samuel was sitting. I don't know that for a fact, but the Bible lets us know that Samuel is so depressed. He's weeping. He's crying. I believe Samuel was the type of depressed that, that you know, the type of depressed where you can't get out of bed in the morning. Anybody ever been there before or just me? 
You know what I'm talking about? The type of anxiety and heaviness to where you can't get out of bed in the morning. It's so heavy. It's so the, the cares and the weights of the world are weighing so heavily upon you that you can't get out of bed. The Bible lets us know that Samuel is weeping. Why? Because somebody has made a decision not to live for God any longer. Anybody ever been there before? Somebody that you know, somebody that you love has made a decision. I don't want to live for God anymore. There is nothing that is more painful than that right there. It is one of the most painful things to see somebody that's been in the presence of God, living, living for God, lifting up holy hands in his presence. And then all of a sudden, they make a decision. They don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with church. They don't want anything to do with any of this stuff. They just, I, I, I want to be done. And Samuel is dealing with the pain that comes from that. He is overwhelmed and, and, and just in over his head with the type of pressure and pain that he's dealing with. But the Bible says that the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, Samuel, how long are you going to cry? Because here's the truth of the matter. It is natural and it is normal for you to cry when you have pain that is entered into your life. I'm not preaching that you can't cry. I'm not preaching that you can't suffer. I'm not preaching that you can't mourn, that you can't grieve. All of that stuff is normal, natural, and necessary. But can I tell somebody in this place, sooner or later, you've got to make up your mind, God, I can sit here for the rest of my life weeping and crying over things that have gone wrong, things in my past, things that happened to me that I didn't want to happen to me, or I can make up my mind. Today's the day that I'm going to get up and march into the divine destiny that God has for can I tell somebody weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning it's time for you to quit your weeping come on God is with you God is not Oh, I need some help in this room. I've come to preach to every spirit of anxiety that tells you just because you've been depressed for 20 years, God can't deliver you. The devil is a liar. Depression can bow to the name of Jesus. Anxiety can still bow to the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, but you got to make up your mind. I'm going to get up. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to... Oh, I pump the priest to somebody in this place. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're in front of you. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're right now. But you got to get up. Come on. I know you've been crying. But come on, wipe those tears from your eyes. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, somebody worship him in this room. There's freedom for somebody in this place right now. I said there's freedom for somebody. We pray so often. And I want everybody, I, I want to be really careful. I don't want to scream this, and I have to hold myself back from screaming. I'm a passionate guy, but I, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to get some emotional response out of you right here. I want you to hear me right now. We talk all the time about God healing people's bodies. And we pray for that, and we believe for that all the time. But what we do not often talk about enough is the fact that if God can heal your body, he can also heal your mind. If God can heal you of cancer, he can also heal you of depression. If God can heal you of a broken toe, he can also heal you of fear and anxiety. Don't you tell me that just... 
I ha- I, listen, I want you to hear me. I understand some people have some things that, that perhaps they are, they are, they are, they're more prone and, and, and they have more uh, of a tendency to have certain things that they deal with. I understand all of that and let me tell you this. I believe that counseling is great. I believe that it's awesome. I also believe it is biblical. In the multitude of counsel there is safety. But can I tell somebody there is nothing like coming into the presence of the Lord and allowing the Spirit of God to take away that come on. Hey, if we're going to believe that he can heal cancer, we got to believe that he can heal depression. If we can believe that God can heal, come on somebody, I need your help right now. If God can heal cancer, he can heal depression, he can heal anxiety. Fear does not have to cripple you. Anxiety does not have to cripple you. There's healing in this place. There's deliverance in this place. There's hope in this place. There's freedom in this place. Come on, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. You just got to stand again. You just got to get your fight back again. You just got to believe again. Oh, somebody just worship him. Oh, somebody give him praise in this place. I feel something breaking in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel something shifting in the Holy Ghost right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will not die in this depression. I will not die in this fear. I will not die in this darkness. But the Lord will be a light unto me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And in the midst of that depression, in the midst of that anxiety, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, Samuel, it's time for you to get up. You've been seated long enough. You've been crying into your pillow long enough. Samuel, it's time to get up. I got a work for you to do. The anointing is getting ready to be poured out. I know you thought that it was over, but it's not over. I'm getting ready to do greater things than I've ever done before. But you'll never see it if you stay where you are. You'll never see it if you just stay seated, Samuel. You'll never get to experience it if you stay stay where you are. It's time for you to get up and go. Can I tell somebody it's time for you to get up and go? I know I'm preaching hard to somebody right now. And I know you don't feel like you have it in you. I know you don't feel like you can do it. But can I tell you the power of God is going to strengthen you and enable you to do what you cannot do on your own. You just need to make a little effort and go. The Bible says, Samuel says, all right, I'll go. So this is what I believe. And I don't have concrete evidence of this, but I think the Bible infers this pretty, very clearly and pretty obviously. That when Samuel made a decision to get up from that point, I believe this. Samuel said, until I see the fulfillment of the promise that God just made to me, that there's getting ready to be an anointing poured out, that there's going to be the next king, until I see that. From this moment on, I will not sit down. I'm leaving those sitting days behind me. I know what it's like to sit down in my depression. I know what it's like to be crippled by fear. I know what it's like. But God, I'm making a decision that I'm getting up. 
And Lord, I believe that you're getting ready to do something in my life so much so that I will not sit down until I see you do it. That's the type of determination somebody needs to have in this place. See, I know for some of you, it's been a long time. It's been 10 years. It's been five years. It's been 15 years. And you haven't seen the fulfillment that God has promised to you yet. But can I tell you, uh, you need to keep standing. Uh, You may not have seen it yet, but you need to keep being faithful. Come on, the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. If he said it, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. If he said it, you can count on it. It will come to pass. But until you see it, you need to expect for it to happen until you see it you need to believe like it's getting come on come on you need to believe like it's going to happen anytime any second and God until I see it I will praise I will worship I will magnify your name say what are you preaching preacher this is simply what I'm preaching your posture while you wait for the promise matters What you do in the meantime matters. Oh, no, I can just kind of go through the motions. Anybody ever been there before? Like, God, I'll, I'll praise you after I see you do it. Like, but until I see you do it, I'm just going to kind of relax and just, just kind of go through. God, I, when they come through the doors, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream. I'm going to shout. I'm going to run. People don't think I'm crazy. Let me tell you something. You know what you need to do right now? Before you ever see him come through the doors, you need to praise him like that right now. Before you ever see your family delivered, you need to give God, come on. How you would act if your family got saved, you need to act that way right now. How you would worship when this place is exploding with revival and growth, you need to act that way right now. How you would act when your body's been healed, you got to act that way right now. Come on, you got to believe. Come on, you got to make up your mind. I'm not standing. I'm not sitting. I'm standing. I'm not going through the motions. I'm standing because I believe just that much that is getting ready to happen. I believe just that much the Holy Ghost is getting ready to be poured out and that's why I worship that's why I praise that's why I lift up the name I'm not waiting until the battle is over I'm going to shout right now oh somebody do it in the room I said somebody do it in the room Oh, somebody praise them right now. Somebody praise them like your family's been saved. Somebody praise like your body's already been healed. Like he's already made a way when there is no way. God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise, and his praise, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, I feel something breaking loose. I feel faith rising in this place. God's still a healer. I'm going to praise him like it. God's still a way maker. I'm going to praise him like it. God's still a soul saver. And I will praise him like it. Oh, I feel something moving in the room right now. Oh, I feel hope rising. It's not over. I said it's not over. But how will you respond? (laughs) 
Somebody lift up your hands and your voice right now and worship him. Come on, God's not done. It's not over. It's not finished. Come on, there's still hope. As long as you're breathing, there's still hope. As long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. As long as you can lift up holy heads and praise and worship God, there's still hope. There's still hope. There's still, you just gotta stand. The devil tried to silence your praise. The devil tried to silence you, but I'm standing, devil. I'm standing on the promises of God, and I will not be moved. I won't be swayed. I won't look to the left or to the right. My heart is fixed. I'll fix my face. I'm great. Focusing my mind on God. And so Samuel, with that type of intensity, begins to march into the house. Jesse and I can believe that Samuel marched through those doors and Samuel said oh today's the day God's made me a promise I'm getting ready to see God do it but here's what's very interesting about the story the Bible says when he gets there God does not move when he thinks that God is going to move the Bible says that seven somebody say seven seven, seven of Jesse's sons passed before David or passed before Samuel and none of them are the one upon whom the anointing would be poured out now I don't know about you but I know where James Wilson would be after about son number three I'm like okay God you got one more chance <laughs> this oil if you don't let me pour this oil out I'm going to chunk it into the woods set it on fire and set the whole place on fire you know what I'm talking about but see, Samuel was so determined to see the promises of God that after seven sons passed, notice, seven sons passed, there's nobody left in the house. He looks around, there's no hope. Anybody ever been there before? You're like, okay, surely God was going to move in this. Nope, it wasn't that time. Surely God's going to move this way. Nope, it wasn't that time. And all of a sudden, every single ounce of hope, every single opportunity that you can see for God to do, what God said that he was going to do has now passed you by. And you're looking around yourself like, there ain't no way. Anybody ever been there before? Samuel's looking around the house. And in his flesh, I believe Samuel was thinking, it's over. Every single son. Because here's what you have to understand. Samuel didn't know Jesse, and Jesse didn't know Samuel. This was, this was, this was their first time meeting, presumably. How do you say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, after all the hope is gone. Samuel turns to Jesse and says, Jesse, are here all thy sons? If he knew them, he would, he would have known. There's one out in the field. But he didn't know that. As far as Samuel could see, it was over. No hope in the house. But here's what people that make up their mind, we're not going to be seated. Here's what they do. Even when there is no hope, they begin to search for hope. They begin to probe for hope. I know it seems hopeless right now, but there's got to be hope. How, why do you say that? Because God made me a promise. And if God made me a promise, I don't care if it's hopeless all around me. I'm going to believe. I don't care if there's no promise around me. I'm gonna, I don't care if nobody else sees a glimmer of hope. If God said it, that's what I'm going to believe. If 
call me crazy if you want to. Laugh at me if you want to. Make fun of me if you want to. I've made up my mind. I'm standing on the promises of God. Was prompts Samuel to ask the question that I mentioned. After he looks around, see people that are standing, they look for hope. He says, there's got to be, I don't see, but there's got to be. He looks, are here all thy sons. And the Bible says that Jesse responds, and what does Jesse say? Jesse says, well, there remaineth yet the youngest, and he keepeth the sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but that it seems as if there's a little bit of cynicism, a little bit of doubt in, 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 in Jesse's voice. I mean, you think that's how God is going to move? You ever had anybody kind of say that to you, kind of give you that, kind of give you that response? You're like, man, I'm believing for God to do this and this and that through so-and-so. It's going to be, like, you think God's going to save him? You know what I'm talking about? Y'all looking at me real crazy right now, like you ain't never been there. You think God is going to do what? How? There remaineth yet the youngest. But here's what Samuel said. Uh -uh. See, when, when, there's a, when there's something in you that says, I'm going to stand, when, when there's something in you that says, I, I know what it's like to cry. I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to let that stuff overwhelm me and heaviness to overwhelm me. But I made a decision. I'm going to stand until I see God. When you have that type of mindset, you know what you say in response to what all the cynics the Bible says that Samuel responds and says back to Jesse, send and fetch him. That's got to be it. I know you don't think that that's it, but that's got to be it. I know you don't think that there's any hope, but there is hope. I know you don't think that God is moving, but I've come to tell you God is moving. Send and fetch him. Come on. I'm going to believe that God's going to. I know you don't see it right now, but God's still moving in my life. Send and fetch him. I've often wondered. If when Elijah sent out his servant to go look and see if there were any clouds whenever he said that it was going to rain. I've often wondered if the first time that the servant went out, he saw that cloud the size of a man's hand. But when he saw it, he said, ah, that can't be it. That can't be how God's getting ready to move. There remaineth yet the youngest. That, there, that can't be how God is going to perform. And he goes back to Elijah. What do you see? I don't see anything. Nothing, nothing. Elijah, go back. And finally, after several times, he comes back to the circus. He says, Elijah, I mean, there is a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. I mean, there remaineth yet the youngest. Elijah says, hey, let's get ready to ride. It's getting ready to rain. Samuel says, I want you to send and fetch him. God's getting ready to pour out the anointing. That's the type of expectation that you got to have, truth church. That's the type of hunger that you got to have. That's the type of faith that you got to have. I'm trying to encourage somebody right now because the devil sat on your shoulder and told you it's hopeless. Can I tell you, even when there is no hope to be seen, you can still believe God. Even when there is no hope in sight, that does not mean that it's over. Can I tell somebody it is not over? God is not done. You just got to make up your mind to stand. Bible says at that point, it says, I want, you to, I want you to stand. I'm coming to a close. It says, send and fetch him. And listen to what he says. He says, for we will not sit down till he come hither. 
scholars don't really know exactly why they were trying to ask the prophet Samuel to sit down. Some speculate that perhaps the prophet Samuel, being an older man, was no doubt tired and hungry and thirsty. They tried to coerce him to sit down, prophet. Oh, great prophet, why don't you just sit down and relax a little bit and just, you've been walking, it's been a long journey for you to get here. You've gone through seven disappointments. Why don't you just sit down a little bit? But the prophet Samuel says, uh-uh, y'all may want to sit down, do what you want to do. But as for me, I'm not going to sit down till he gets here. Until I see him walk, I've known what it's like to cry. I've known what it's like to weep. And here's the thing. I could get lax in my faith and my expectation, but my posture matters. How I wait matters. How I respond in the meantime matters. I could sit down, and you might not think it's a big deal, but I know what it's like to sit down. And I've made a decision. I will not sit down until God moves in my life. I wonder, what's your posture today? What is it that you're waiting on God to do? And how are you waiting? What is it that you're asking for God to perform in your life? And while you're waiting for God to do that thing, how are you waiting? Because your posture matters. Oh, I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of, I'm, I'm just going to coast. I'm going to get through. Here's the problem. Sitting down, although it seems like a simple thing, is not as simple and innocent as it seems. We know that what happens in the flesh many times is mirrored in the spirit. Have you ever had something happen to you before where you're unable to stand? Perhaps you're in a hospital bed for whatever reason. And, and maybe there's not a whole lot wrong with you. Perhaps there is a, a, a surgery that kind of has you off your feet so to speak for several weeks or a month or even a few days have you ever been there before and then tried to get up what happened to you I'm, I'm not talking about the soreness and all that stuff that comes from what you've been dealing with no I'm, I'm talking about the simple your body may be recovered in terms of what you went through but when you sit down for a long time what begins to happen your muscles begin to atrophy you begin to get weak it's just sitting down Nobody attacked you. Nobody did anything to you. What did you You just sat down. The same thing happens in your spirit. No, I'm still coming to church. But you're sitting down. No, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still, but you're sitting down. And it might not be next week. It might not even be next month. But sooner or later. See, I've seen it. I've seen it time after time. People that were once on fire for God. People that were once in the front dancing and worshiping and shouting and praising God. All of a sudden, it seems like out of nowhere, they just leave church and don't want anything to do with God. You say, how does that happen? They were a good person. They were a great person. Do they have any intentions of leaving? No. Do they have any intentions of turning their back on God? No. What do they do? Something in their life got them discouraged enough to where they just sat down. Came to church. But all of a sudden, their praise was gone and, and their passion was gone and their hunger was gone. They were just going to kind of coast until things got better. But all of a sudden, because they sat down, the longer you sit, the harder it is to get up. The longer you sit, the harder it is for you to get back up again. And before you knew it, they were out of 
church and out of the will of God. What did they do? Nothing bad, nothing, nothing crazy. They just simply sat but I haven't come to preach a message of gloom and doom to everybody because I understand there is somebody there, there are some people in this place that you've sat down you know why I say that because we're all human and we've all done it we've all been there before and, and here's where some of you are at you're like brother James okay I understand that, it, that, that I've let my passion die I understand that God has more for me than where I'm at right now and I can even feel my spiritual man losing strength because I've been sitting so long and I feel the danger that I'm in right now because I've been sitting so long and, and I, I feel like, like, like I'm on the brink of, of losing it in my relationship with God but I don't feel like I have the strength because the longer you sit down the harder it is to get up let me tell you this if you're in this place today and you feel like I, I, I can't get up can I tell you God is in this room and God is going to give you the strength that you do not have to get back up again we find Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 2 Israel collectively has sat down It's been a long time since God has spoken to them. It's been a long time since they've heard the voice of God speak. And the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 2, God speaks to Ezekiel and he says something to Ezekiel. He said unto me, Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 1, Son of man, stand upon thy feet and I will speak unto thee. Wait, 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 hold on a second, God. Why can't you sit, speak to him while he's sitting down? Because your posture matters. Oh, it's not a big deal. God can speak to me any type of way. Uh-uh. Your, your posture, how you wait for God, how, how you wait for God to, to, to speak to you matters. God says, listen, if you're sitting down and I try to speak to you, you're not going to hear anything that I'm, I'm going to say to you. If you're sitting down, your posture tells me you're not ready to get what I'm getting ready to give you. If you just made, if you made up your mind, you're just going to kind of relax and go through the motions. You'll hear what I say, and it'll go in one ear and out the other. If you want me to speak to you, you got to stand up on your feet. You've been sitting down long enough, Ezekiel. If you want to, you got to stand up on your feet. Bible says, Ezekiel, I want you to stand up on your feet, and when you stand up on your feet, I will speak to you. But here's what happens. Ezekiel didn't have the strength. Israel been sitting for a long time. And, and many times again, the physical mirrors the spiritual. And, and, and so what God, was, what God was trying to get Ezekiel to do was say, Ezekiel, what, what you're doing right now in the physical is mirroring what I'm getting ready to do for you in the spiritual. Because in, in, in the physical, in the spiritual rather, you're actually seated. In, in the spiritual, you've been sitting down long enough. In the spiritual, Ezekiel, Israel's been sitting down on me. They haven't heard me speak in a long time because they've been sitting down. But Ezekiel, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm getting ready to speak but you got to stand up and I can imagine Ezekiel said God I don't have the strength to stand I don't have the strength to stand I, I've been seated for a long time and I've gotten weak and, and I, I've gotten anemic and I don't feel like I can do it God I can't stand but all of a sudden Ezekiel in the midst of not having the strength to stand musters up just enough strength to just make one move and the Bible says something happens in verse number 2 and the Bible says, and the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake 
unto me. Can I tell you in this place, God will do what you cannot do on your own if you just make an effort. You might not have the strength to stand, but God's Spirit is going to enter into you. God's Spirit is going to enter into you and give you the strength to do what you cannot you can stand because the spirit is getting ready to enter into you you can overcome because the spirit's getting ready to enter into you you can be victorious because you're not alone you're not by yourself god's spirit is here and it's getting ready to enter into you and set you on your feet that you might hear him that's you in this place and you're like I want to stand but I don't feel like standing here's how you're going to make an effort you're going to get out of that pew and you're going to come down to the front with hands lifted and say God do what I cannot do on my own I wonder if there is anybody I wonder if everybody would come down to the front with hands lifted right now and say God I need you I don't have the strength on my own but God I'm making an effort and as I begin to move you're going to begin to move as I begin to pray you're going to begin to answer as I begin to knock you're going to begin to open that door with hands lifted all across this room somebody begin to pray with hands lifted all across this room the Holy Ghost is in this place the power of God is in this room right now you're not alone you're not by yourself be not dismayed do not be discouraged. God is with you. Come on. Come on all across this room. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. The Holy Ghost is in this room right now. The power of God is in this room. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, that's it. I feel something breaking in somebody's life. I feel something breaking in somebody's home. I feel something breaking in somebody's. Come on. It's not over for you. 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 